Welcome to the Knowing God Podcast. The hope of this podcast is that it would help you to know the Word of God so that you may ultimately know God. I'm your host, Andrew Rutten. Well, friends, I'm going to be honest with you today. We are talking about circumcision, and I really honestly don't know how to get into it seamlessly. That doesn't seem odd. And so with that being said, let's just jump in. We're going to look at Paul's quick teaching on our circumcision from Colossians 2, verse 11. He says, in him, speaking of Christ, in him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So this verse and verse 12, which we'll hit next time, are key verses in the debate today in the church on who we should baptize. Okay, which I know may sound strange to some with circumcision, but verse 12 is on baptism. And really more specifically, these verses are used to address the question of connections between circumcision in the Old Testament, baptism in the New Testament, and then how we should be doing that today. So these are pretty pivotal theological verses for Christians today. So here's what I think is most helpful for us. Again, in light of us knowing God through knowing his word. What I'm going to do is continue on simply looking at these verses in light of what Paul's main argument is here. So I'm going to take this verse and the next verse just in its context, which if you remember, Paul's argument in the context is him saying we need to be on guard against drifting away from Christ And we need to stay focused on Christ in our Christian life. Okay, so we're going to look at verse 11 today, verse 12 next time in that lens. After that, I'll do a quick episode just addressing what insight these verses can give us in understanding the sign of baptism today. And just as a side note, again, maybe another quick Bible reading tip. I do think that's how we should properly read the Bible and understand theological points. We need to see the verses for what they actually are in their context, and after that, we can see if they give us insight into broader theological topics that maybe aren't the same point of the text. And I think that's possible. Even if it's not Paul's main point here, which I don't know that it exactly is, I think it still can shed light on who we should baptize today. Now, if you get that order backwards you will end up reading the Bible as proof texts for your theology, and you're actually going to miss the main points of what the Bible is actually trying to teach. Okay, so today, let's just see what he's saying in light of the main argument of this passage, and later we'll address the question of baptism. Okay, so for our purpose today, let's just try to ask what he is saying about circumcision. And in order to do that, I think we first need to understand Old Testament circumcision and then see our circumcision that he's talking about. So I'll try not to get into too much detail or anything if you feel uncomfortable with this, but we need to get into it, okay? So he mentions the idea of circumcision, which is obviously referring back to the Jewish practice in the Old Testament of bodily circumcision, And again, I'm not going to get into too many details, but in Genesis 17, God said that the sign of God's people being in a covenant with God. So to be in the covenant, they needed a sign that marked them or set them apart. 
the sign that God gave them was that all the males in the family would get circumcised, which is to cut off the foreskin of a little boy. And by cutting that off and shedding some blood, it was a sign that that person was now set apart for the people of God. Again, by a removal of flesh and the shedding of blood. Now, I think there's deeper meanings on why that body part and why that exactly is happening. We're not going to get into all that today. What we need to see is that by the cutting off of flesh and the shedding of blood, people were set apart for God in the people of God. Okay, so hopefully that was quick enough and easy enough to grasp. So with that as the background, which every Jewish person would know, they understand circumcision and what that meant. What is Paul really saying then here for us as Christians today? Because he's not just talking about Old Testament circumcision. He's using that imagery, but he's talking about our circumcision. So let me read the verse again with that context in mind. In him also, you were circumcised. He's speaking about Christians here. He's saying you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. A lot going on there. He's speaking to Christians saying, you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. So he's not talking about the physical circumcision of the Old Testament because he said it's done without hands. Or the Greek word could actually be translated most simply, not man-made. So it wasn't done by a human. It's not done physically. So what is he talking about then? How were we as a Christian circumcised? He goes on to say, it's by putting off the body of the flesh. So it's not just a piece of physical flesh that is cut off. He's saying the body of the flesh is removed. And if you've read through the New Testament letters, that phrase, kind of the body and the flesh, that's Paul's common way of saying Our sinful nature, our sinful flesh, our our nature in us that is marred and tainted by sin, that has been put off. Well, again, we could ask, how is that put off? So it's not physical, it's actually this sinful nature that's been removed and it can't be done by humans and human hands. Well, how did it happen? The last phrase, by the circumcision of Christ. Your sin was dealt with and your sinful nature was removed by the removal done by Christ. It wasn't human effort. It was God-given power and grace. So if that's what the verse means, that's what he's getting at, what does that actually mean theologically for us today? Well, I think this this is just amazing. Just as in the Old Testament, there was some flesh removed by humans that set people apart for the people of God as the people of God, so too Christ has removed our entire sinful flesh by his work in the gospel that now sets us apart as the people of God. And not only did flesh need to be removed, there needed to be blood shed to cut off that flesh in the Old Testament Well, so too, blood needed to be shed to cut off the entire sinful flesh in the new covenant. Only this time, it wasn't your blood and your life that had to be given. It was the blood and life of Christ that must be given. He was cut, he bled, 
He gave up his human life so that he could remove your sinful flesh and you could be brought into the family of God. We are set apart primarily because our whole selves have been circumcised. We are wholly cut off from sin and set apart for Christ. Christian, that is who you are, and that is your circumcision by Christ. And I can tell you, who would have thought that circumcision could be so worshipful? Amen? But that's what this is pointing to. He's saying, look, it's not the little bit of flesh and the little bit of blood that's cut off that you have to suffer through so that you can become the people of God. It is your whole sinful flesh and all of Christ's blood that is shed that he had to suffer through so that you could be a part of the people of God. And that is what he has done for you. So if that's the theology behind it, practically, what does that mean then? Well, I think this fits right in line with Paul's argument. He's saying, don't drift from Christ. Don't try to earn greater spiritual experiences. Don't try to earn greater spiritual knowledge or wisdom. He's saying, you've been given it in Christ. That work to get yourself in the people of God or to experience Christ, that wasn't done by you. That was done by Christ. He's the one who did all the work in the gospel. And he's saying, Christians, don't drift from that. It's him. He has done all the work. It's all about him. It is all about Christ and what he has done for you. So we don't have to work to get rid of our sinful flesh. We don't have to work to try to make ourselves better or have greater experiences. We don't have to move on from Christ. We have everything in our circumcision of Christ. And that is why we can focus on him, stay with him, and not drift away. Friends, may God bless you and keep you. May he give you favor, grace, and peace.